Welcome to this week's episode, the first episode of the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. Corey Jason here alongside Ben Mandel and newcomer to the Outsider Sports family, John Pauline. Guys, we got a new season upon us, a new season of baseball. I got to say it's my favorite sport. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm excited as a Yankee fan. I can't wait to see what this season's going to bring, hopefully a championship. But that aside, we do got to discuss a couple new changes to the sport that I'm assuming we all love. And I think I can say that because who doesn't love baseball, right? So some new rules. We got a new pitch clock. We got shift restrictions, bigger bases, and limits on the pickoff. Guys, let's start it off with the pitch clock. 15 seconds with bases empty for a pitcher to get in ready to throw 20 seconds with runner on and violations by either the pitcher or the batter. Meaning the batter has to be in the box, ready to go with eight seconds on that pitch clock. It's an automatic strike and or ball. We've seen it in action in spring training, but what do you guys think? Is this good for the sport? Bad. Let me hear it. I'm, I'm pretty torn here, Corey. It's, it's interesting because I do think that the league does need to speed things up and it is getting a little out of hand sometimes. I mean, you look back at Derek Jeter adjusting his batting gloves after every pitch. It's unnecessary. At the same time, though, players do have rituals and rhythms and you can definitely see they are being thrown off. Their timing is a little bit off. At the, they're going to adjust. They're, the play is going to be fine. And that's why they're doing this right now in spring training. Uh, you saw with the uh, pitchcom last year when they added that the instead of using the signs, you saw teams would still adjust and use signs sometimes. But eventually, the players are going to adjust to this. I think it's important in terms of growing the game to kind of speed things up. I don't know if this is necessarily the best way because you don't want the game to take a hit and the quality of play, but. Ultimately, if fans are leaving, fans aren't watching, and from everybody I know, even people who like baseball, they say it's boring and it takes too long. And the, I mean, three and a half hours, four hours for a playoff game, that is a that is an awfully long time, especially when there is a lot of downtime in between pitches. I feel like for uh, playoffs, though, I feel like you'd want the longer drawn out games, like you want the drama more so than you know short games during the earlier season i feel like you want to draw the playoff games out as long as you as you as you as you can because i feel like you know the the time in between pitches and the stuff especially when there's like there it's like the bomb of the the ninth and there's men on bases and they're like down by one or two you know and a hit would win the game or something like i think you want that that build up tension the drama built up and if you're rushing it along i think you lose i think you lose a lot of the just a lot of like the soul of the game that way the entertainment value definitely lose a lot of the entertainment value with it. And I don't know. I have a very, very strong opinion about this. I think metaphorically the person or persons who came up with this and thought it was a good idea should be tarred feathered and beaten with a bat metaphorically speaking, of course. And I think that two and a half hours is way too short for a baseball game. It's, it's really insane to me. It's asinine how, so many people are just okay with this. It makes no sense. Baseball is known to be a sport without a clock. You can't say that. Adding a clock to it 
fundamentally changes the whole game. It's this is not the same baseball as last year. It's a completely different sport. The the objective is the same, but how you get there is different. It's like if you basically in football took away a down, you know, you dropped the uh, the play clock down to 15 seconds and there was no huddle. You couldn't figure things out. It's just, I, I just can't wrap my mind around why this is a good idea. Now, I understand that baseball is too long, three and a half, four hours for a regular season game. It's ridiculous. But to have games end in under two and a half hours, you're going to kill the reason for anybody to go to a ballpark and spend a day there. Talk about losing the bang for your buck. It costs so much to go there already, and now you can't even make a day out of it. You're in and out. What's going to happen with, you know, concessions, beer sales? They normally end after the seventh inning. The seventh inning is an hour and a half after you get there. It's I, I just can't understand why this is how they go around speeding the game up. The perfect time for a game is about three hours, a little over, maybe 315. And you go from there. Now, if you want to add this in the minor leagues and they kind of get players just in the sense of speeding things up that when they get to the majors, that it's already a quicker product that way, I can buy that, sure. But adding this to the major leagues, where's the showmanship? Where's the battle of mind over matter? The chess game between a pitcher and batter, it's gone. It's sped up. You saw in the Yankee spring training game a few weeks ago, Wandy Peralta was pitching against the Pirates. And in the time it took him to strike out the batter, it took him to throw one pitch in last year's ALCS. Now, that's an extreme example, sure. And then you have the video floating around of how many Jose Altuve inside the park home runs can it take for David Ross to get a pitch thrown to him in the 2016 NLCS. I get it, extreme examples. But still the point remains, why? Why choose to do something that will alienate a lot of the fans you already have? A lot of these suggestions Major League Baseball was taking in weren't by fans of the sport. They were by people they want to add in. So how could you kind of abandon those who were already a part of it for people who still won't watch the game? The people who said baseball is long and boring aren't going to be tuning in now because it's all of a sudden an hour shorter. They're still going to find the sport boring. Well, baseball, baseball just needs to look past their own, you know, their own wrongdoings and see what's really hurting the sport. Adding in a pitch clock needs to be completely abandoned, banned, and anybody who came up with the idea in the sport, in the front office, the commissioner's office, along with the commissioner, needs to be banned for life from baseball. I'm starting this out hot because I truly feel like you are hurting the sport by adding in a pitch clock. Do you guys, you have any uh, responses to my tirade right there? Yes, I do, Corey. And it's the player's fault. It is the player's fault. It's the fact that it took them as long as it did to play these games out. And the argument that a two and a half hour game is going to hurt uh, attendance and people being able to make a day at the ballpark just isn't true. I mean, basketball games are two to two and a half hours long. Like people are still showing up to those. It doesn't have to be a day at the ballpark. At the same time, the reason why they're doing this is because they are losing 
attendance attendance numbers have been plummeting now granted a lot of that has to do with the pandemic right raising prices at the ballparks it's ridiculous to go to the games and pay for anything at the concession stands but at the same time you know they are losing tv viewership they are losing attendance people are stopping watching so you have to make a change and you look at all of these other sports in the major sports in this country they have all adapted and made some kind of change that some people think is going to hurt the sport and the bottom line is it hasn't all of these sports are adapting and they're continuing to grow the only one that hasn't is baseball and while I am going to go on the record as saying I do not like the pitch clock, and I am a baseball lifer who enjoys the chess match that Corey was talking about. That's what makes baseball interesting to me is because it's not about the action on the field. It's about the thought process that goes into every little pitch. Every little thing in a baseball game makes a difference going down to who bats in what order in your lineup and who plays where in the field, how you schedule, how you have your pitching set up, how you do that, how you attack each batter, which adapts and changes as each game goes on. And that's why the game does take this long. But in terms of why this happened, it's very clear. And it's because the numbers are continuing to drop. They need to make a change. And they are the only sport that has refused to adapt and change in any way up until the last couple of years when they have made some of these rule changes. You know, it it really is something that I'm not a fan of because I do like that chess match, as I just said. But it's not like this is out of the blue. The game is taking way too long. You're getting complaints from not only fans, but you're getting complaints from players. You have guys who were playing in the minor leagues last year, and when they got called up to the major leagues, they were saying that this is absolutely absurd how long this game takes. The younger guys in the minor leagues had zero issues with this, and that's because they're learning and they weren't already in those old routines. Have this happen in the minor leagues, and it's working. That's why they are implementing it this year. It worked. It sped things things up and the players and fans in the minor leagues were all big fans of it i know because i talked to people down at the rail rider stadium when i was out and covering things in scranton it's one of those things that the fans did enjoy at a minor league baseball game because there was action they weren't seeing just that lull and just downtime where guys are standing around doing nothing there's not 45 seconds in between each pitch that's why you know it is something that the league did add it's not like this wasn't tested and it's not like people aren't happy about it because you know what yeah the old baseball lifers like uh you and i Corey here and john it seems like you're on our side uh, on that side as well you know that's not who this is for this is for the majority and that's what it really seems to be is the majority of people are on board with this it just seems like mlb when i think i saw this in a tweet it's like mlb went to a bunch of people who don't watch baseball and probably don't even have an interest in even like starting to watch baseball and ask them what it would take for them to watch baseball. And then MLB implemented all these changes and these same people are still going to sit there and watch Netflix. I just think it's some of these pointless are like some of these changes are pointless and stuff. And I mean, I guess you do have to speed the game up because some of the games do last a long time and they have, you know, done small things in, in the past and recent years to speed it up. Like, like, you know, um, cracking down on mound visits and everything and 
and how many uh, pitchers you can like and pitchers has to face three batters before they can be you know switched out so like they have done stuff in the past to do it i just think the pitch clock is just not the way to go and if it comes down to that's just what they absolutely have to do i just i think it should only be a regular season thing and in the postseason i think postseason baseball should be more pure and back to how it's always been because I don't think you want to mess with postseason baseball at all. And I think if you're going to mess with baseball at all, like mess with the regular season, you know, speed the games up. I mean, they're already doing the runner on second base and extra innings. Which is atrocious, by the way. Terrible, terrible. And they don't have that rule in the playoffs. So I just think if you're going to go in the playoffs, I think there shouldn't be a pitch clock in the playoffs or the pitch clock in the playoffs should be significantly longer than it is in the regular season. I think you lose just a lot of the game and just the soul of the game and stuff. Cause like baseball was never meant to be played quick. It was meant to, you know, sit there and, you know, and take a few hours, like three hours, you know, three hours to play. And it was merely meant to be watched in person or listen on the radio. I don't think it was never really meant to be a TV sport. And unlike some other games like basketball and football do really well on TV and stuff. Because it's they're fast paced and and you know it's fast paced and very engaging to watch and stuff. Baseball, it's not so much. It's like you're watching like a a chess match and stuff. So it takes a little longer and it's a lot of you know like anticipation and drama and just you know seeing how stuff plays out. And it's just even and it's it's just makes it really you know, I guess tough on all the fans now that you're they're they're fundamentally like changing how the game is played to try and get new fans. And I don't even know if it's going to bring in the new fans. Yeah, it's a fair point because you really aren't sure if you're going to bring in the new fans. I do think though it's more about, it's more about trying to retain the fans you have though, because the way the game is going, you are losing fans. I get what you're saying, but you also have to realize, Corey, are you going to stop watching baseball because of the pitch clock? Everything's telling me I should, but I won't. Exactly. That's the thing. You won't. I won't. So that's why they know they're not going to lose. Do it though. But that. But they don't care because you're still doing it. You're still going to show up to the stadium. You're still going to watch the games. They're still going to get the ratings. It's not. You know, they're not worried about losing you as a fan. They're worried about building up those other fans because they know no matter how dedicated to the sport you are, if they change something, you will continue to watch because the Yankees are your life. But they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot at the same time with like televising these games by having like constant game blackouts and like, we're only going to stream this on Apple TV. That's That's a whole separate discussion of issues. It's just like they do one thing to try to get more, more viewers. And they do all these other things that are very anti, you know, consumer and anti, you know, viewership friendly. Apple TV. Yeah. Apple TV was bad. Remember that whole inning of silence to hear the sounds of the game. I mean, who thinks of that garbage? I mean, who wow. thinks about putting Katie Nolan, though, on a baseball broadcast? She knew nothing. All she did was just talk about, during a Mets game, like, what Pete Alonzo was wearing and the faces he was making while he was in the dugout. Like, what Terrible. is that adding to the game? And just blacking it out, making people pay for actually prime games on a Friday night? I it's think ridiculous that about... hurting the game more than... Yeah, for sure. Length. For sure. Now... I just want to pitch my last final point on the pitch clock before we move on to the box and the pickoffs. 
quite frankly, to me, it's a dereliction of duty by Rob Manfred to even implement this in its current face. There's a middle ground that speeds up the game but preserves the history. If you want to have a clock, increase the time. Make it so the outlandish time difference doesn't happen, where it doesn't take a pitcher a minute to throw a pitch. There's no reason that you need to rush a guy with 15, 20 seconds to get in and ready to go. There's no reason to limit the amount of timeouts a batter has for composure. You're really just messing with the actual sport itself. I want to stop short of calling it treason, but it really is treason to America's pastime. That's all I have to say about that for now. Pickoffs. Got me heated. So pickoffs and more box. Basically, pitchers are limited to three pickoffs attempts, right? If you don't pick the runner off on the third attempt, it's a balk and the runner gets to advance. Mind you, that means if there's a first and third situation and a pitcher does the old first to third move, third to first, and doesn't get the runner on that third pickoff. That's a balk anyway, Corey. I mean, you You can't do third to first. Not anymore. You can't. No. If you step off, you can. Not the direct. When you step step off, you can do whatever you want. No, but that's they're also limiting that with the pickoffs. That's considered a yeah, pickoff. Yeah, correct. That, that's look, that. it's yeah, just I'll... you're really, really trying to get more stolen bases and more action on the base paths, which I think isn't the worst thing. I think stolen bases have fallen off. It's an art form that was lost and declining since the '80s with guys like Ricky Henderson and all that. But to really hamstring the pitchers this year, making them rush with the pitch clock now bring that back for a second, but also move, making them limit the amount of time they can work with the runner. Just that, again, that chess match between pitcher and batter, pitcher and runner, just hamstringing them and what they can do. It's really going to be the year of the offense because you don't want pitchers to do anything. I would be surprised if the league average ERA was under four this year with how they're trying to explode the offense. I, I don't hate this as much as I hate the, the pitch clock rule, but I think this is really not a rule that's going to last. At least it shouldn't last. Yeah, Corey, I actually dislike this rule so much because I understand the league is trying to increase running on the base paths, but you know why that faded out? Because the league decided to introduce juice balls, and now it's all about home runs. Guys are, it's all about power. It's not about speed anymore. It's not about the five tool players. You, if you hit 30 home runs and strike out 200 times, you're making a lot of money. So that's why guys are going to that style of game and not focusing on speed. Teams aren't bringing in guys with a lot of speed. And, you know, with home runs being the way they are, stealing bases isn't important anymore because all you have to do is just be on the base paths. You have guys just not even trying to steal bases anymore because they know the other guy behind him could hit one out of the yard and you don't want to risk getting yourself taken off the base paths. Now, it is the league's fault for making the game transition that way by juicing the baseballs. They did it. It is their own fault. Now, you know what? You It is completely unfair to put the pitcher at a disadvantage here because, I mean, the runners know they're not going to be picked off as much. If you have already made two pickoff attempts, they know they're not going to throw back over there again, especially if there is a runner on third. 
And I read something from Jeff Passan uh, about a month ago or a month and a half ago. And he, he was calling this the year of the balk. This is going to be the year of the balk because not only do you have uh, all of these rules with the pitch clock and the pickoff limitations, you also have the league telling umpires to crack down on the box. So not even those pickoff attempts that are box are going to be called. We are going to see a lot more just natural, regular box called because the league is really, really, really telling umpires to crack down on this. I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but when you're going to tell the league to crack down on box like that, all of a sudden, when you have pitchers having to implement all of this new stuff, that is really, really not fair. That is just putting the pitchers at a disadvantage, and that is just screaming to people, we're trying for quicker games, and we're trying for more offense. And that's how they are trying to grow the game. I don't agree with it. I don't think it's the way it should. But again, us baseball lifers, we're going to keep watching. You're going to start seeing probably a lot more pickoffs a second now than anything. Because I feel like because I feel like a lot of runners, I mean, I feel like if they can get the pitcher to – to like pay, like throw over twice, I feel like they're, they're you probably they're probably running the second, and they're going to be throwing. They're just going to pitchers are going to be throwing all. You're going to see a lot. I think a lot of balls thrown the second, and maybe like a lot of balls pass by second. I think you're going to see like a lot of uptakes and like uh and just like er- like errors from the pitcher throwing uh like trying to pick off runners. And I I feel like if the you know the whole point of some of these rule changes is you know this sometimes to speed the game up, make it more exciting. But I think some of these rule changes like the long run might even like prolong the game a little more, you know, with errors, pass balls, just, you know, I mean, I feel, but I feel like also there could be some, you might see some, like maybe some like trick plays and more plays to get runners out. It'd be interesting to see how the teams like are going to adapt to this new, like this rule change with like the limited amount of pickoffs and stuff. I mean, I think it's a terrible change and it feels like almost, I think it's a terrible change regardless Regardless, and it shouldn't even. I don't even know why they're even targeting pickoffs because that's not, that's not, that's not a problem. That's like has never been a problem. It's to increase uh, more stolen bases to allow runners to to take that extra jump they need to get there. But real quick, John, I just want to throw out there, it is a balk to throw to second base if there is no runner occupying second base. You can't throw a pit. You can't throw a uh, pickoff. Oh, so not even unoccupied base. Yeah, that's been a rule. That's been a, a balk. For a long time, you can't throw throw a pickoff to an unoccupied base in order to get a runner advancing. You have to either step off and then engage in a rundown, or you have to throw it to the base that the that was previously occupied by the runner and have them engage that way. But you can't throw a uh, a pickoff to a, a base that's not currently occupied by a runner. That is going to be absolutely horrendous then. I think you're probably going to see an up. I mean, if they want stolen bases, I would say it's probably safe to assume add 10 to 20 stolen bases onto everyone's stolen base total from last year. You know, I, I don't think it'll be that much of an increase, but I do think there's a, a different way to attack the stolen bases, and it's something that upset a lot of people in the 70s. The introduction of the DH angered a lot of fans. We've kind of grown accustomed to it. I personally, I like that there was a difference between the AL and NL before they implemented the universal DH, but that's not the hill I'm willing to die on. But I do think if that's the way they want to go, hear me out, guys. This is a fundamental change to the sport that I might be advocating for, and that's the designated runner. Pick one guy in your lineup 
to have a guy run for them and have that be your dedicated runner if you want to increase stolen bases, if that's the way the sport really wants to go. You already have a designated hitter hitting in the spot of the pitcher, so why not pick somebody? I would assume it's going to usually be the catcher as a designated runner to increase that way, and also that would speed up the game by having catchers ready to go to have their gear on and ready to catch in between innings. That's something I can see, and that's something that most fans would expect would almost, you know, accept compared to limiting the the amount of pickoffs and other ways to speed up the game because that adds a little bit fun while also, you know, gives a roster spot to somebody who normally wouldn't. Like Billy Hamilton would have a long, fruitful career. Terrence Gore could be a Hall of Famer. We don't know. But something like that would add more fun. Give, you know, young fans somebody that, you know, they see and they can, you know, root for. You know, imagine somebody walking around in that Terrence Gore jersey whenever he changes team. He'll have a, he's been on almost every team. So having that type of, uh, you know, scenario happen would be almost preferable to the avenues they're choosing that really mess with the core of the sport. Now I'm going to hit Ben up for the last point on this topic, and then we're going to get into something, another hot-button issue in these shift restrictions. But Ben, what do you got to say? Yeah, you know, Corey, I think – the, I, while I don't like that, <laughs> I think that would still be better. And the reason why is because you're not putting a team at a disadvantage. When you limit the pickoffs, you're putting the pitchers at a disadvantage. If you have a designated runner, then that's something that it, both teams have. It's not a disadvantage. Now, I do also want to touch on the point where, you know, talking about the chess match, I think the DH takes a huge part of that out. I mean, managing in the National League used to be a lot more difficult. I love double switches, like all of those things, having to use your bench. I mean, it's interesting to see how teams use their benches now with the DH and the fact that they are still using the bench as much as they are. But, you know, in in terms of this rule, ultimately the biggest thing is it is unfair to the pitchers because – you want to increase stolen bases by putting the pitcher at a disadvantage. You're making things unfair for the pitchers. And that's the biggest issue I have with this. You have to find another way to increase stolen bases, not by putting the pitcher at a disadvantage. So far, the vibe I'm getting is if it's not broken, don't fix it. But this was something that in a way was broken and we've already seen this type of restriction get bypassed. I'm talking their shift restriction. Two infielders on each side of second base. Infielders need to have both feet on the dirt at the time of the pitch. Again, not the hill I'm willing to die on, but I think you kind of it's almost like micromanaging in a way. You have a guy like Joey Gallo who got killed by the shift. Let the player like him die out there. Force him to adapt and hit the other way. And to be fair, this new type of shift that we've seen implemented where you have the left fielder come over to play that second base type role in the shift that we've seen the uh, the Red Sox implement against Gallo and the, the Twins, that's going to cause some more issues. And that's easily beatable by a guy who pulls the ball because the center fielder is shaded now more towards left field. There's a big hole in that right center gap that could be exploited. So we're going to kind of see how teams adapt with finagling the outfield in order to recapture the magic of the shift. 
But I will say that this is something that will get more offense out there, prolong guys' careers. Mark Teixeira could have played an extra two, three years if they got rid of the shift. But this is something that isn't the worst change. It's not the best, in my opinion, but it's not the worst change out there. This is one that I am on board with because ultimately getting rid of the shift, it's it's something that nobody really wanted to see. Nobody was happy about the shift, even like the fans of teams that shift a lot. No one's happy about the shift because when you get beat by the shift, you're just like, why can't we just play normal? And, you know, if teams want to do this where you're shifting your left fielder into shallow right, be my guest. You want your left fielder taking hot shot rope ground balls out there in shallow left field or shallow right field and try to throw to first when that's something that they don't do. Go ahead. If it works for you, it works for you. But you're right, Corey. When you move your outfield to that way, your sack it's not as much of a difference because you know what? When you shift your infielder, okay, you give up a single if someone beats the shift. But now if the shift gets beat, that's an extra base hit. So the payoff is is more on par, I think, by shifting your outfielders. You take the you you shift, you're risking giving up, you know, a hit when it was your infielder, but you weren't giving up a big hit if they beat the shift. That shift was more to keep guys from hitting home runs. Now you're shifting. Guys are going to be able to beat the shift with doubles and triples. Joey Gallo can move. If he pokes one into that right center gap on that shift, it's a triple. If he goes the other way into left field down the line, which I mean, he can't do, and he's he's proven he won't do it. He's got to make contact first. He makes contact plenty, and he's not going to be worried so much. The shift is a little bit different, although all of the memes that came out about Joey Gallo seeing this shift had me rolling on the floor. They were fantastic. I think the getting rid of the shift was a good thing because I just like because you saw so many ridiculous things like Manny Machado playing like deep right field, like that is just ridiculous. And it's just like, and a lot of the shift was, it wasn't even really baseball. It was just like, you know, they can plug numbers in and all this stuff and all the stats and basically just be like the batters. If you throw this pitch here to him, he's going to hit it here. And it's just, to me, that I don't know. It just doesn't seem like baseball. It's just numbers and plugging statistics. And I think it's a good way to actually make the game more exciting because um, just make the game more exciting because you're going to see a lot more balls in play and it's not just going to be, strikeouts like you know pop outs fly outs or home runs like you're actually going to see doubles and triples and base runners the final major rule change this season bigger bases the bases they used to be 15 inches now they moved to 18 they're saying that the larger bases are there to reduce injuries you know be safer they did reduce injuries in the minors statistically and to be honest, this is the one one, this is the one change that I'm really in support of. And I think they could have even went further. I personally think they should double base first base. You know how in Little League they had the orange bag in foul territory and the white bag in fair. That's how they should be doing it. Just on first base to really save from injuries. You don't need collisions. The orange bag would only be there for the batter runner to cross as a runner to first base, and it would be not counted. It would be out of play outside of that, where you would only have the white side of the bag. 
but this is something that's supposed to really increase steals. You know, you lose two inches on either side to get there. So instead of 90 feet, it's really like 89 feet and uh, eight inches. But I don't know. I'm really in support of this. I think this is a good change. This is almost like how when they raise the pitcher's mound to 60 feet, six inches for safety and all that. I think this is one of those changes that's really beneficial to the sport. What about you guys? What? How do you guys feel? Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there, Corey. It's a change that definitely helps the game. It helps prevent injuries. You know, this is one of those smaller changes that I think helps stolen bases. You see how close some of these plays are at second base? Well, you take four inches away, that makes a difference. It's a game of inches, and four inches will make a difference. That's one of the things that can help stolen bases, and I think you could have implemented this before implementing those pickoff rules to see how it does impact the game. But ultimately, it helps player safety, and that's what it is all about, keeping your guys on the field. That's why I was okay with the designated hitter coming to the National League because as much as I enjoyed watching the Mets pitchers hit, and that's something that for some reason they were always able to do, it was more important for at the time Jacob deGrom to be on the field for the Mets pitching not hitting it didn't matter that he was hitting over 300 and he was the only person driving in runs while he was pitching when he got hurt in 21 when he was having that miraculous season it was while swinging the bat and that really seemed to be the final blow towards pitchers hitting in the national league although it it seemed like that was coming anyway but you know in terms of the bases it's keeping guys healthy it's encouraging players to steal more and again the bigger base means we're going to see some more creativity from runners sliding into the bases. And that's another part that's very entertaining, you know, watching Javi Baez swim into the base or watching Fernando Tatis, if he's actually going to play this year, you know, make a ridiculous slide into the base or into third, into second, diving back into first on these pickoffs. You know, there are definitely things that will only improve from this. This isn't really a move that has many negative impacts, if any. I like the bigger bases uh, better as a way to promote more stealing, better than like the uh, restricting uh, pickoffs and stuff. And I think they should have just stuck with the making the bases bigger to see if like if the stealing went up as much as they wanted it to before they mess with any of the other things. Um, I think it's a good thing. I think, but the, the the bigger bases do look a little ridiculous when you actually see a like a side by side comparison of how much bigger they are. They look they look really big. Um, this look really it just looks funny as a, a size comparison. But I think you're gonna see probably it's probably gonna see a lot less players get hurt, and you're probably gonna see an uptick in uh stolen bases coupled with the with the pickoff rules. And I, I really feel like you're going to see like almost a 10, maybe 20 base increase, maybe not on everyone, but on like the really fast guys like Trey Turner and stuff like that. Like, I think he's going to steal a ton of bases this year. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a different season. Just to kind of not advocate for Major League Baseball's point of view, but for all these new rules, they did claim to have reasons behind it. They said more balls in play. And action on the bases is better for the sport. They want better pace of play with the pitch with the pitch clock. They want less waiting and more action. The shift restriction, more hits and athleticism in the field. 
bigger bases, increased safety and aggressive base running. Is there any other, you know, final thoughts on these rule changes before we kind of shift focus to a different topic? I mean, I think out of all the rules, I think like a lot of them are probably going to help the game and speed it up and actually end up being good overall. Um, but it's really hard. I mean, there's some of them I don't really like, like the pitch clock and stuff and the the pickoffs to first. But it's really hard to say like how uh, how these rules are going to like affect the game long term because like you know it's only spring training and we've only seen a few games and how they've impacted it now but i think like once the players you know start adapting to it and getting used to it i feel like it might you're not you know it might not end up being as bad as we think it's going to be but it might be a whole it might be a different game though well said now spring training is going on but we have a really magnificent addition that started a couple years ago to the baseball world, the WBC, the World Baseball Classic, really baseball's version of the World Cup. Hasn't gotten the traction that the World Cup has for soccer, but it's getting there in each new iteration. I believe this is the fourth iteration of it has increased exponentially. Just a little background. Yeah, this year they've moved from to four pools from five, uh, lettered A through D, and in each of those pools, they're going to have five teams. So you're going to have uh, 20 teams total. Just a real quick, these are the teams involved in Pool A. You have Chinese Taipei, who from now and going forward will be called Taiwan. The Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, and Panama. Pool B, Japan, South Korea, Australia, China, and the Czech Republic. Pool C, the U.S., Mexico, Colombia, Canada, and Great Britain. And finally, Pool D, Puerto Rico, the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Israel, and Nicaragua. Pool play will begin on 3-8. That's this, that will be March 7th, Tuesday is when it's going to start, 11 p.m. Eastern. You're going to have Cuba versus the Netherlands. And guys, I don't know about you, I'm really excited to see what's what's going to happen here. You have a lot of great teams and a lot of great players We've seen players drop off like flies. You know, Alejandro Kirk having to be held back because he was missing a lot of Blue Jays camp. But I'm going to be watching. Do you guys have any feel for this? I love the World Baseball Classic. I just hate the timing of it. I really wish it was truly in like December or January during the offseason. Play it in some one site that's warm weather and just make it happen then so that way players can truly participate you know you have a lot of guys in this event from major league baseball who you know are not necessarily inclined to go play for their country because they don't want to miss out on the entire regular season and they don't want an injury and baseball is one of those sports where injuries are very frequent and it's a long season so going and playing in this tournament and exerting a lot of that energy early it really is different. A lot of these guys aren't fully ramped up yet. So the timing just isn't necessarily right for the event. 
but I love it. I love the World Baseball Classic. Corey, you know very well, I am just a big fan of international play. I love watching the World Cup. I used to always, always, always watch every single Olympic hockey game. Love watching World Juniors. Love watching the IIHF uh, tournaments that they hold after the hockey season. That actually happens during the playoffs, usually. And it's it's just anytime international play happens, there's that feeling of camaraderie and supporting your country and, you know, rooting for Team USA. There's just nothing like it. And after Team USA won the World Baseball Classic in 2017, I've been itching for it to come back with the pandemic. It, it hasn't come back yet this year. It finally is. And one comment to make is can a brother get in pool A? I mean, come on. There's a, I think there's there's a lot of MLB stars playing in the World Baseball. There's 67 MLB All Stars, 186 players on 40 man rosters, and 332 players who are who have contracts with like MLB teams. So you might you're probably you might even see some players who are down in like AAA and stuff maybe shine and become stars and might even be able to see some like future MLB stars, you know, on the future MLB stars like shine through in this. You might even see some more international players, you know, coming out of nowhere and just like making names for yourself and maybe finding like new guys you never heard of that are going to be like, you know, that might end up being all stars out of the blue. But the one I thing Corey, I, I know Corey and I love watching Team yeah. Israel. I haven't actually seen any of the teams yet. I haven't actually been able to catch. I haven't actually been able to see anything. I don't know if there's a game. They aren't in it this year, but I, I always remember Ike Davis, Team Israel. The only thing you got to say, though, I think I'd be, I think, you know, maybe some teams and fans might be worried, though, because there's so many, you know, high profile players playing that you would have to, you know, worried about injuries and stuff, because like that could really affect, you know, your team season, especially with players like, you know, Mike Trout and them playing, you know, who already have injury problems and stuff. But I think ultimately this is going to be like a really fun thing to watch and stuff. It almost feels like a, like an all star team tournament. You know, having all the like, you know, some of the best people in baseballs all around the world playing against each other. Just going to be really fun to watch. What I'm really looking forward to see is Team Japan. Their starting rotation is mind blowing. First off, you got two way star Otani. Shohei's going to, he's a mega star in Japan. He's like, I don't know, he's the equivalent of, I can't even, I don't even think we have an equivalent in America to how big of a star he is in Japan. Because he's bigger than LeBron, that's for sure. He's bigger than every big-name athlete here, which is amazing. Then you go, you follow Otani up with Yu Darvish, Roki Sasaki. Then you got Yoshinobu Yamamoto and Shota Imanga. I mean, Roki Sasaki as your three is insane. He's the next great star to come that's going to come from Japan to the U.S., it's they're going to be a team who might just never give up a hit. It's wild. I do wish that Masahiro Tanaka was going to pitch for them, but after leaving the Yankees and the MLB, he's kind of just been happy playing in Japan. He's well-loved, but that's a team I'm really excited to see. Also excited to see the DR. Their lineup is stacked, but I will be rooting for the U.S., I do wish more Yankees were playing on the U.S. team. I was really excited about Nestor, but that hammy kind of pulled him off the roster. Guess I'll have to settle for Higgy. 
But it's just really fun seeing all these guys play, repping their country. I'm not a big soccer guy, but I, I can imagine that's what fans of the, uh, you know, MLS and uh, Champions League and all that, they really feel seeing guys that, on their favorite team repping their country. Yeah, you know, and I want to go back to John's point and saying this is like an all-star tournament because it really is. It is an all-star tournament, and that's what makes uh, Olympic and international play so exciting. But the other thing about this, too, is this is like a true all-star game. This isn't players voted in by the fans. This is players selected to represent their countries and this isn't a mid-season take a break have some fun mess around game this is guys who are going out and trying to win and prove that they are the best team in the world that's what they're doing and you know you said it Corey there are some loaded rosters and you know, you look at the teams here, Pool A, that's what I can, brother, get in Pool A. There really isn't a good team in Pool A. I mean, Taiwan, Netherlands, Cuba, Italy, Panama. I would have to say maybe the Netherlands or Cuba, maybe Italy squeaks out of there. Um, but Pool C, Japan's going to win. Or Pool B, rather, Japan's going to win. Pool C, you have to assume that the U.S. should win that uh, with their roster. But Pool D is the one where you're going to see some fighting. And that is with uh, Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic. They always feel like they get seated in the same pool due to their location. Now, I thought Israel was not in the World Baseball Classic. They are this year. They are in Pool D uh, in that gauntlet. But why couldn't they swing like the Dominican Republic over to Pool A? So that way we can see Japan, the DR, Puerto Rico, and hopefully the U.S. in those uh, final four matchups in an ideal world. Now, at the same time, you know, I do want to just kind of talk about the U.S.'s roster because we talked about, you know, you say Japan. Really, I think the United States lineup is going to be as good as anybody's. Just going position by position, we're going to see Will Smith – Pete Alonzo, Paul Goldschmidt, uh, first base. Those are two of the best in the game. Then you've got Jeff McNeil at second base, Nolan Arenado at third, Tim Anderson and Trey Turner as the two shortstops. Those two guys can play as well. You might even see one of them playing second and Jeff McNeil perhaps even playing the outfield. But the outfield is stacked with Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, Kyle Tucker, Kyle Schwarber, and Cedric Mullins. Maybe you see McNeil draw in and left or right field. But then the pitching is where we're really going to see if the United States can keep up. Their starters, not really there. Lance Lynn, probably one of the better ones. Kyle Freeland has been up and down, but you know maybe if he's not pitching in Colorado, he'll be okay. Adam Wainwright's getting up there in age. Uh, Brady Singer's okay. Merrill Kelly, Nick Martinez, Miles Michaelis was outstanding last year. The bullpen has... Uh, Adovino and Brooks Raley, Devin Williams from Milwaukee's pretty good. Ryan Presley's really good. Uh, but outside of that, I don't really trust the pitching that much, especially compared to some of the other teams. But I really like the United States, and I, I do think that this is really just going to be a gauntlet of a tournament and a ton of fun to watch. Yeah, I can't wait to talk more WBC with you guys next week, but that's going to do it here for the Outsider Sports Baseball Podcast. For Ben Mandel, John Pauline, I'm Corey Jason, signing off, and let's have a great season, guys.
yourself by She don't want no goofy motherfuckers, I'm wide Know you fiend for the feeling, this real man dies for the shit I stand by So I kinda turn you on, seven months from July Eat the pussy like a ride, when I met her she was shy Now it's hard to keep dry, now we're first in the cries Where the penny I supply, ladies, Gucci's and Fendi's But first we got a vibe, girl, my anaconda don't tell a seal or the slide Keep it sim, tagging arrows through my heart, I can't lie Must confuse it for I be the one who chase until you die Look alive, you can do better these times are hard just let me go and don't you settle for nothing more than what you need i'm gonna set you free but i still love you endlessly i know you love me yeah i'm no good DJ. for you yeah. like sean see my skies all black down fast better to the